is The Issue Window with Albie and Brittany. We are airing out the laundry to clean your soul. Just kidding. You're going to leave with more stains than when you entered. Listen at your own risk. Good morning. Welcome to The Issue Window. Today, we have a special guest, and that is uh, Pete Stevens, who's the assistant equipment manager from the University of Delaware. Thanks for joining us today, Pete. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great that you could take time out of your out of your schedule today to visit with us. How's the schedule kind of been been turned on its head due to what's going on right now? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Uh, typically, my day starts between like thirty and nine. I wake up. My wife starts work earlier, so she wakes up with the dog, lets her out, and everything. And then uh, my day kind of starts. We have it set up where my wife is using our actual office, and then my office is now the dining room table. So it's overrun with all my size sheets, computers, <laughs> catalogs. You know, everything I could possibly need. Yeah, it's it's rough not going to work. You I mean you might actually hit your shoulder on the door casing and you know have a collision on the way to work now. Yeah, it's funny. People talk about oh they get to wear sweatpants to work every day and I mean it's kinda of the same for us. You're right. Well yeah, that never changes for us. Yeah. Some some people don't wear pants to work now. It's it's and that's disturbing. Yeah, that, I definitely wear pants every day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So Pete, you've been uh, you've been the assistant equipment manager at the University of Delaware for how long now? Uh, four years. Just a couple weeks ago it was my four year anniversary. Four years. Congratulations! <laughs> and you was a student there before then, correct? I was. Yep. So you've almost been there for a decade now. You're getting to be old. <laughs> yeah, I started in uh, 2011 now, so we're coming up on it. Coming up on one decade. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you're getting to be old now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, is that the cutoff, Albie, whenever you get to into double digits? Yeah, usually when you get double digits it's the same place, it's like you're, just, you're an old hat at that point. <laughs> you're old hat. No. Uh, so how did you get into equipment man- management, Pete? Um, it actually started in high school, I think. Sophomore, junior year, I was approached to do the book for the basketball team because I love basketball, but no one's ever mistaken me to be a good basketball player. Um, <laughs> so I want to be part of it. Uh, I love the game. So I did the book for the basketball team for junior and senior year. In the summer of senior year, I was approached by a guy who's now one of my best friends to do the keep stats for football. So I did that my the, the fall of my senior year. And then it was kind of at that point that I knew I wanted to work behind the scenes. I'd always wanted to work in sports, like ever since I was eight, nine years old, but I just didn't know what. But I think kind of junior, senior high school, I realized I want to be behind the scenes type of guy. So I was admitted to University of Delaware. Right away, I reached out to the director of football operations at the time, Jerry Ravis, to try to work with football. So I was hired to be a football ops intern. I actually started on my 18th birthday which was the day after i graduated high school so i was wow right into it and um <laughs> wow this started there worked football ops for two years a lot of that because i was the low man on the totem pole uh i would have to help equipment mm-hmm. so i was kind of always around the equipment but it wasn't my main responsibility 
but I liked being in the equipment room. I liked that aspect of it. So after, I guess, my sophomore year, I went to Jerry and I said, hey, Jerry, thanks for this opportunity, but I want to do equipment. And I was there ever since. Uh, it got to the point where I was there so much that um, people thought I was full-time when I was still a student. <laughs> <laughs> it would go and I would start my day in the equipment room and make the coffee because I like my coffee like really strong. So if I wanted the coffee how I like it, I needed to make it. So I'd start and make the coffee <laughs> and then go to class and come back and work and do laundry till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and do it all again the next day. Yep. So I did that for a couple of years and I actually said I might be one of the luckiest people in equipment in that I graduated in, the, I took an extra semester. So I graduated in the fall of 2015 in early February, 2016 a job opened up and as one of the assistant equipment managers, they kind of threw me in in an interim role just to have someone there because mid-year you need to have somebody. Sure. And then I applied for the job and I got it and I've been there ever since. Right place, right time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what sports are you handling there in Delaware now? Uh, currently, I'm with men's women's soccer, men's women's tennis, track, cross country, and baseball. But over my time, I've been the main responsibility for every sport there but football. You've been exposed to all those sports now. What do you think you most like about working in the equipment room? Uh, I think I like working with the athletes for sure. Being one of the few people in the athletics department that does get to interact with athletes every single day, I really enjoy that. And I actually always joke about how equipment is really one of the few areas in athletics in general where you kind of work with everything. We work with facilities, we work with the business office, we work with marketing, we work with athletic trainers. So like, I think working in equipment, even though I've specialized in one thing, it kind of lets me work with everyone, which I really enjoy. Like, it's not yep. like I do just marketing or just like facilities and ops. I get kind of the whole spectrum in one job, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, you deal with everybody in the department from one place to the other. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, what's your biggest interest in equipment? You know, is it is it the player safety aspect or, you know? Uh, it's a or... combination. I would say definitely player safety is um, my number one thing. I, I'm a, a huge geek about it, like the NFL helmet thing that just came out yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was tearing through that, looking at it. I find that stuff so <laughs> interesting. And that's kind of been molded from all of my previous bosses. Everyone, everyone I've worked with is been huge in the player safety so i it's really all i've ever known and i love looking at new improvements that you can make the shoulder pads in football or batting helmets in baseball like the c flat stuff like that um yep i'm on the noxie website way more than most people probably are <laughs> um just looking at all the all the new testing and how they do everything and plus, we got the new shoulder pad standards coming. You know, they're work, starting to work on those. That'll be that'll be interesting when that comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Down the road. Yeah, and then I think I love designing uniforms, kind of the swag aspect of it. I guess you could say. Mm. Um, right. There's right. nothing better for me than when I design a uniform and it's revealed to the team and they go nuts for it. Um, it's one of the best feelings that I've ever had as equipment. Um, mm. It's because it's just you know that. They're, if they get super excited about it, they're pumped. They're, they're going to play better. So, like, for example, the, my first 
uniform that I was really part of the design was a baseball jersey that the year it debuted, it was their lucky jersey, and they went on to win the CAA <laughs> championship. Sweet. It, it's one of these things where probably a small thing, but I really enjoy it. And then I think my biggest passion in equipment is probably shoes. I am a huge shoe guy. <laughs> so it's funny. People, people just assume that like my wife has more shoes than I do, but I probably at yeah. least triple. Let's not start this conversation because somebody else is going to chime in on this part. Oh. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Shoes are my passion. I, I get into trouble because I buy shoes that I don't ever wear. <laughs> my wife's not the biggest fan of that, but I, I just have to have them. I have no no, no idea what you're talking about, Pete. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> no idea. No, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, Alvi's problem is that he can't throw them away. Not only does he have like a plethora of shoes that he hasn't ever wore, but then he has like a whole closet full of shoes that he has wore and that will never wear again but refuses to get rid of. My wife and I during this quarantine just did a closet clean out and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, giving away four <laughs> pairs of shoes. <laughs> it was awful. But I'm also out of room for shoes, so I can't get anything new until I get rid of some, I guess. <laughs> oh, do you have like a particular, like, I don't know, I guess like style of tennis shoe that you particularly go towards or like, you know, color? Or you just, you like the whole... The whole gambit. Uh, I like all shoes. I uh, wore Adidas school, so most of what I have currently is Adidas. And then I love color. So the bigger the color, the brighter the color, the better for me. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite purchase of shoes that I don't know if my wife feels the same way was a, uh, a bright yellow pair of Pharrell Adidas shoes. <laughs> they were my favorite until my dog kind of ate the shoe a little bit. So. Oh, but those are some of the ones that I just threw away two years later. So that's how much I love them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I got a pair of OBJs from a friend this year, from this past fall, and it's like, okay, yeah, I ain't gonna wear them, but I'll stick them around the house. Absolutely, yeah. It's you really can't help it in our job. I mean, shoes just come so easy sometimes, and then, and most equipment guys are hoarders because we like to keep things for rainy days, so we're never going to throw them away. So. No, if I got wow. a pair of shoes for free, I'm never going to throw them away. Absolutely. Brittany's rolling her eyes right now, by the way. I yeah, you can't you can't see it, but oh man. <laughs> I mean, it's like shoes aren't even lasting any longer than like they they used to, right? I mean, like they're they're recommending that like you change your shoes. I don't know what the recommendations are. 3 to 400 miles. That doesn't seem like very much. I got 500 miles on my pair of shoes right now. I got to get rid of them. I got a new pair of on order, so <laughs> I try to not wear my shoes for more than like two weeks in a row to kind of I cycle through them and kind of keep them fresh and active. Yeah, I usually have two or three pairs of shoes going at the same time, and then I got my then I got my pair of shoes that I you know my old pair of shoes that I do my lawn work in. That's oh it. yeah, you have to. I have two or three lawn lawn shoes. Old See, I'm, absolutely I was on yes. I have the cleats to really dig in. Yep, absolutely. I, I'm with you on this one. I'm absolutely with you on this one, Pete. Brittany doesn't understand these things. <laughs> I, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, uh, so originally we, we we got in contact with you because your your tweet last week about the camaraderie in the in the business. It is something special. It is something special, and and, and you know it's not like it, it's not unlike, not like a lot of other fields and where 
you know, there's you you see that person as a rival or 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 a um or something like that. You you they're they've been in your position at one time or another, and they're willing to help out because they they've all been, we've all been there, we've all been in your predicament, you know, one way or another. And so it's always the one way, you know, you can help another brother out, brother or sister out, you know, by helping them out. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what originally got us to your pre. And that was a great tweet. Yeah, I think the camaraderie that equipment managers have and the willingness to help others is easily the thing that makes us our industry unique and i know that other industries you help each other out here and there but the willingness to help and the the fact that if you put something out on twitter a question that you might have you're going to get eight nine ten eleven responses without a doubt and you can email people that you've never talked to before and they help you and they they're sending me sheets and they're sending me like mock-ups that they've done for like uniforms, just have a question about uniforms, stuff like that. I think it's really fascinating and I, I love it about it. Like you were saying, there's no rivals. Some of my best friends and equipment are from Delaware's biggest rival schools. Right. It, there, there is no such thing as, oh, you're from this school, I'm not going to help you. Right. It, like you said, we've all been there. We've all had these experiences. And me as a younger guy, I've only been doing it for four years. I, I know that I can go to some of these people, the, the Cliff Perry's, the Ken Hare's, and go and mm-hmm. I can go to these people and they're so willing to help. But and the same is, I know that there's young people coming up that look at me and could come to me and for help. And I think, I think that's what's really cool about our field. And unfortunately, we're not going to have a chance to all get together at AMA and at right. all the district meetings, but going to those events and seeing people you haven't seen in a year and just catching up like you saw them, like you talked to them a week ago. Like, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. It, 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 it is unfortunate that we won't get be able to meet to that this year like that, but it is always one of the great aspects about this profession is that, yeah, you go, you go to there and sure you've talked to some of these people over the past year, but then you actually get a chance to see him. And then, you know, you really get a chance to talk shop or, to share stories about the past year or things like this and that and the other and uh you can talk to a to a power five guy all the way down to a division three or a high school guy and you know they all have the same problems one way or another they all have the same problems you know we all have to deal with the athlete problems the same way we all deal with coaches problems we all have them it just it just changes a little just tweaks a little bit here and there but you know it's yeah it's it's one of the great things about the profession you know We've all been there one way or another. We've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of circle back to like whenever you were talking about like uniform design, where do you get like some of your uh, inspiration for that? Is it from like other equipment managers or would it be more from like pro sports? I would say it depends on the sport. Mm -hmm. I was part of a redesign that we did for football a couple years ago. Anyone who knows Delaware football knows that we have our blue and our white, and that's mm-hmm. it. You don't yep. mess with that. Our fans, we are very mm-hmm. traditional. We have the wings helmet that we've had since, yep, <laughs> like the sixties. Um, <laughs> it's very hard to make changes to that, but also at the same time, uniforms and swag are now becoming such a huge part of recruiting that you have to try to make these balances. So. We added some things to the football uniform that we looked at other schools across the country. Um, Virginia Tech, for example, did the bricks. 
in the like the sublimated bricks in the numbers. Mm-hmm. So we kind of went along that line and we put our fight song, like lyrics to the fight song in the numbers or apart from our alma mater in the numbers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then for baseball, I draw all my inspiration from MLB. So we just, we actually just debuted a black jersey earlier this year that I, it's weird. I'm a diehard Phillies fan, but I always seem to go back to the New York Mets uniforms. Um, <laughs> I, I love them. I hate saying it, but I just, I just love their designs for the uniforms. So <laughs> I kind of modeled their black uniform after that. And then I'll pull inspiration from a lot of different things. So a coach might tell me something they want and I'll kind of scatter into the internet. I'll look around and see what I can see. Or they might tell me something and I already have an idea in my head. And at Delaware, it's a really collaborative effort. So some coaches kind of give me free reign. Some coaches want to be involved in every step of the process. So that always factors into it too. But yeah, I mean, I'll pull inspiration from anything. It could, it could honestly be I'm watching a baseball game one night and it's not anything. And I'm like, I really like how that looks. I want to see it on the jersey. So I'll go get it mocked up and see how it fits with Delaware and because we like our logos and stuff, not everything fits the same. Because um, we all know we have to go with our word marks and stuff like that. So yep. it's all hit or miss. I probably designed hundreds, hundreds of uniforms, and I've probably had five or six come to fruition. But it's always a trial and error process for us, and I really enjoy it. Like I'll just, like I said, I'll I'll make a uniform, go on the website and design a uniform on a Wednesday night watching a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. And, and you and I are in very similar positions in that, even though you don't deal with football, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause yeah, I can't change the helmet. I cannot. I mean, you know, and that's so big anymore for different helmets, but with you guys, with your wing, with your winged helmet, that's been around forever. And you know, we have the Y on our side. that has been around there forever. You no, know, you can't change those things to, you know, we can do it for a game as long as it don't go too crazy. But it, when it all comes down to it, we need the Y back on the side of the helmet. And that's, that's the way it is. Uh, yeah. There's, there's no, there's not, you know, you can't touch it. It's sacred. And you, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the same thing in the fact that our colors are red and white and we have a little bit of black trim. And of course, you know, players all want a black jersey, this, that, and the other. We we are not allowed to get black jerseys. And if, and this always goes back to the 80s when Jim Trussell took over the head as a head football coach. He, uh, early in his career, you know, when he just take, take, took over, it was... We weren't that good, and so he thought it'd be good to uh, get an all-black uniform. So they came out, and they warmed up in their <laughs> reds and things like this, and they went back down, they changed it to black jerseys. They came out all black, and then they promptly got their butts kicked. And so so after that, there was no more black jerseys. A lot, you know, that was, that was it. It was strictly going to be the red jersey or a white jersey. There was no more black jerseys allowed. And... Um, RAD was part of that team. He was a young kid on the team at that point. And so when Tress left to go to Ohio State, he, he became the AD. And that um, that sort of edict has been passed down through the years. Now that we got Jim Trussell back as the president of the university, there's, there's no way we're going to get a black jersey anytime soon. And the kids keep crying, keep, keep crying for it, but it is not going to happen. So 
you know, I'm, I'm a little relieved from that point because I'm there's only so much I can do with two colors. So it's but it's funny. But you're you're right. You can design all the jerseys you want, and some coaches are more into it than others. And so you just you throw a lot of a lot of spitballs on the wall and see what comes through there. Yeah, it's exactly. It's so much trial and error. I I'm proud of the jerseys that we've put out. Um, I hope our fans like them. I think they do. Um, but yeah, it's if I had a dollar for every uh, every jersey that didn't come to fruition. Oh yes, yeah. But it does, there is a sense of satisfaction when you get one that they the, the fans and the kids really like. It, it is very satisfying when that happens. Oh, absolutely. Now, coming from like I guess a pretty ignorant place, where do you start with uniform design? Do you start with fabric, or do you start with cut or color, and then how do you proceed? So it starts with color. I always know what I'm, what color I'm designing. And then Adidas actually has a really good online website that you can kind of go in and put in stuff you like, and then it gets sent off to a customer service rep. And um, that's when it really gets started. Because then they'll put our Delaware marks on it. Then we can really get into the nitty gritty of the design, and changing the piping color, changing the diameter of the piping, stuff like that. But it, we'll always know the color that we want. And then typically fabric choices, like baseball has different fabrics, uh, football has different fabrics, but like for soccers and other sports, you kind of just go with what they have. Um, there's not too many options. One thing I try to do is if, if I have really good athlete feedback on a typical jersey, I won't usually stray away from that design or from that fabric. So like our baseball mesh jerseys the guys love the mesh so every jersey really that we've done since then with the exception of a pinstripe jersey because they didn't make it um every jersey's been that mesh material which the guys just absolutely love because it's super light and airy it doesn't get hot so i kind of start with a pretty good sense and then it kind of that's where it can take off them okay all right and uh as for like performance do you think that mesh lasts as long as I don't even know what the alternative is? I know I can see it in my mind, but I don't know what that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they probably last the same. We play on turf, a full hard, a full oh, artificial okay. turf field, so it helps okay. us. Um, but I, I think they're pretty much the same because, like, when you use that poly performance stuff, that uh, like or the more of the wool knit, that'll fray a little bit too. Okay. Tip, I typically try to get four years out of a jersey before I start a redesign process. So I'm actually starting a big redesign for some of my teams that haven't had new jerseys in a while. But And then we'll do fill-ins every year in case there is obviously like a hole or something. But typically four years, and they pretty much lack the same across every fabric that I've dealt with. So... Uh... Since you do uh, since you do baseball, what is your best baseball laundry tip? <laughs> so, so my boss Radar, he loves laundry. Um, oh, he loves he loves mixing the chemicals to come up with the best <laughs> way to get stuff off. He he's a mad scientist back there, but it's great for me because sometimes, like, I'll have a really stained pair of pants, and he loves going after it. <laughs> so it's great because then I don't have to do it. But uh, <laughs> so we use a lot of different chemicals, kind of come up with the best formula. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what he does. He doesn't share his secrets. Uh, I know that <laughs> I, I know that when I have a stain, he takes an hour, two hours uh, scrubs, and I know that it's hung up and there's no stain anymore. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, the mad scientists don't share their secrets. That's for sure. No, he won't even share it with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. As I talk to more and more equipment managers, they, uh, a lot of them have nicknames. Do you have a nickname yet in the industry? Uh, Not that I know of. Uh, um, I think it's probably better that I don't if I don't know about it. Um, (laughs) If I I didn't know about it, it's probably not a good one. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, I think that Pete technically is a nickname. I mean, only my wife and couple of her friends who only know me as Peter call me that but and then I have an occasional couple coaches that call me Petey but that's about it normally I get Petey if they're trying to sweet talk me into something <laughs> yeah oh so have you ever had a um as you've packed for all as you pack for all the teams that you do take care of have you ever had a um little faux pas say and forget something uh yeah yeah um <laughs> as we all have yeah, when I was a student, really, uh, we had a road trip to Rhode Island where we, it was just a bad trip. We were stuck in traffic going up, stuck in a storm. We get to the locker room to set up. We're missing three game pants. We're missing coaches' socks. We're missing one coach's polo. It was the worst trip I've ever been on in that sense. Um, <laughs> but since then, I very, very much concerned with my athletes for getting something. So every time a team leaves, even though I know I trust that these guys are bringing the right stuff and I make sure they have all their uniforms, and I'll still walk through every locker room just to make sure. I called a football helmet once when I was walking through the locker room after football left. <laughs> yep. Love for oh, baseball. Yeah. It, it's always the things that you can't play without too that guys forget. I, I oh yeah, it's never like a, a guy's missing like an undershirt. No, it's it's it's, it's always big. the big one. Yeah, we had a we had a kid when I was a student. We played the Citadel in the second round of the playoffs. Kid forgot his shoulder pads. I don't know how. I don't know how he missed it, but my, yeah, my, my, my boss had to go over to their guy and we got a pair of shoulder pads. But he's it's all happened. It's happened to us all. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep. We all learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Do you get to travel much with uh, with any of your sports? Um, so the way my sports are distributed, it doesn't make sense for me to travel just because mm-hmm. it's not to the point where I'm working solely with like one team or majority with one team and I work with another team that doesn't really have many needs. So it doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense, which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world because I get to spend time at home, which is always preferred. But yeah. I do miss traveling a little and I still get the options for like day trips and stuff. I'll go on a couple mm-hmm. of them maybe. Um, but not so much the overnights, but it is what it is. I don't necessarily hate it, but if the opportunity presented itself, I'd be more than willing to go to. So. <laughs> yeah. They, I, you know, I, I was taking, when I was at Southern Illinois, I was doing multiple sports there. We, uh, the baseball team had the, um, had their spring break trip down to Myrtle Beach, and it was actually it was cheaper for us to rent a U-Haul and drive their equipment down there rather than pay the extra baggage for the airlines, because the hotel rooms were provided for by the tournament. So, the head coach goes, "Hey, you want to drive the drive the equipment down to 
Myrtle Beach and sort of just hang out all week and say, mm, let me think about that again. Yes. So, uh, yeah, certain times of the spring sports, the, the Olympic sports present them to present themselves. I know another spring break trip I had to the, the uh, men's golf team needed two drivers for the vans. So they recruited me. So, you know, I spent the week on the golf course. <laughs> Not the worst thing to be doing. You know, it's, it's horrible. My job, it's, it's horrible. You know, the, the, the things I have to do. <laughs> the sacrifices you had to make for that trip. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's yeah, but you're right. When you do multiple sports, you don't get a lot of chances to make those trips. So uh, now that you know you're you're kind of stuck at home with your university closed, what kind of fills your fills your time, Pete? Uh, so I I try to do a typical work day. So I'm still working nine to three thirty, four o'clock at least. Mm-hmm. Just doing different orders, uniform designs, kind of reevaluating our processes on some things because. If I have all this time, I might as well get better. So it's really given us a chance to look into everything I do, whether it's budgeting, whether it's communicating with coaches, seeing how I can improve, seeing what works really well, what might not work, stuff like that. And then play with the dog a little. Um, I think she's super pumped that mom and dad are home every day. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I mean, my wife is kind of the big TV binge watcher. So we watch on TV um, without sports. It's really tough. Our local sports station here has been playing like video game simulations on TV that I've found myself watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so desperate for something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to not get into. I, I'm trying to not be the same thing every single day when it comes to like doing personal stuff and like doing fun stuff just because you'll get bored with that. Mm. That's where it starts to get tough. So I try to keep it different, keep it changing up a little bit. Do you have a TV binge watch recommendation? Cool. <laughs> so like I said, so my wife is really the one who picks out the shows that we watch. Nine times <laughs> out of ten, I really do enjoy them. But uh, <laughs> so The Circle on Netflix, it's like a reality show about um, like these contestants, I guess, they it's about social media. So they make a profile, they don't see each other and they have to like vote for who they like the most and stuff. I didn't think I was going to like it going in. I could not turn it off. It was <laughs> one of the best things I've watched in 2020 by far. Wow. It was so good. And then, so like we did the whole loving blind thing too. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to sit and lie to you guys. <laughs> I'm a big sucker for like the reality TV, the rom-coms, like, uh, we watch Grey's Anatomy every week. It's big for me. But then other shows, so like Shameless, Showtime did a free, uh, free like two weeks, so we've been Shameless season nine or ten, whatever the most recent season was. We watched all those. Um, <laughs> and then I think my, my go-to uh, TV show binging is probably The West Wing. Mm. I've watched it. Oh, three or four, I've watched you. it three or four times completely. Um, and that's kind of if my wife is working or my wife's doing something and I'm watching something, I'll just throw it on. I don't care that I've seen it so many times. I can watch it over and over and over. It doesn't matter. I'm actually yep. just getting into the last season. I got the entire season on DVDs. Absolutely. Just throw it in there anytime. We started watching it. The first time I watched it was with my parents back home. And so one summer, I was probably like 12. <laughs> Every night we would watch one of the DVDs, like the whole series. So four episodes. Yep. 
I've, I've always, I was binging before binging was popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, such a good show to, because the rating is so good. You know, it's just a, so, it's an easy show to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, Ali loves the West Wing. I'm all for, though, all your reality TV. Reality TV is like my guilty pleasure. Yeah, I definitely watch like Love is Blind. Oh, I can't even refer to it as a guilty pleasure because I'm so open and honest about it. Like, (laughs) one of our student managers and I talk about the Grey's Anatomy episode every Friday. It's what we talk about. (laughs) It's just, I mean, in fairness to Grey's Anatomy, my wife turned me on to that years ago, and it's been on since I was little, and I've always like known about it. So, I think that I get a pass for that one, but. (laughs) yeah i mean like abc now they just started this uh i think it's called like listen to your heart it's a shoot off of the uh bachelor series and it's like american idol meets like the bachelor it's really it's definitely it's going to be good i i predict we've never been bachelor people um but we do see that one and that one kind of catches our eye a little bit but now if, if we could get something with reality we do it like we're big on tv the challenge people we watch that religiously every week and mm-hmm. it's just i don't know I, I love the lack of a better term the realness of it even though it's all fake anyway but yeah <laughs> yep i keep the i keep the drama out of my life so i think i think that's how i kind of bring it back in <laughs> it kind of it kind of balances that out <laughs> you gotta have something you know you do <laughs> oh man now i don't know if you've uh if you've been listening people ali and i have been doing a sweet 16 segment since we're missing out this year and it's been mainly based on like food because ali and i are big foodies and so ali has a category for you today i do i think we start off what is better maryland or delaware blue crab maryland Oh, <laughs> well, we're going to do crab crab recipes today. Oh, okay. I'm in. All right. I think I'm going to surprise right. people with this one. Okay. All right. I couldn't even believe that Ali came up with 16 crab recipes. So Yeah, it's like shrimp. There's there there's 100 ways to do it, you know. <laughs> it's just whittling them down. All right. So here we go. Top crab dinners, Pete. First round, we got Crab cakes versus crab lobster stuffed tail. Cakes. Cakes. Crab dip or crab alfredo? Dip. All right. Crab stuffed peppers or crab stuffed flounder? Ooh, um, flounder for sure. Flounder mm. for sure. Okay. <laughs> crab bisque or steamed crabs? Oh. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to go with bisque in an upset, I think. (laughs) I think it is an upset. Okay, how about uh, crab alfredo or fried soft-shell crab? Soft-shell. Crab rangoon or crab mac and cheese? Oh, definitely crab mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got... Crab bacon and linguine or crab stuffed haddock? Uh, bacon and linguine. Mm-hmm. Everything's better with bacon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> crab legs or crab fried rice? 
Ooh, that's a tough one again. That's tough. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the fried rice. Ooh. Ooh, okay. that's an upset. Okay. So for next round we got crab cakes versus crab dip. Oh man. Um man, this is tough. Dip. Ooh. Dip. Dip. Dip advances. That one's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might get some um, feedback on that one. I don't know. I don't know if that one's well, could have been a championship round. Yeah. Um so we got flounder stuffed crab or crab bisque. Uh, I'm gonna go with the flounder. Ooh. Ooh really? Crab and fish. So fun fact, uh my wedding dinner was crab and pure. So if you combine crab and fish, I'm a sucker. <laughs> oh yeah, we're finding the weak spots here. Yep. Fried soft shell crab or crab mac and cheese? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is always a solid favorite. So then we got crab and bacon linguine or crab fried rice. I'm gonna go bacon and linguine because you can't beat bacon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Semifinals, here we go. Crab dip versus crab stuffed flounder. Oh, see, I just made that comment about the fish and crab. Yeah. You can't beat a good crab dip, though. I don't think. <laughs> well, you're yeah, you're the you're the person here. Okay, so then we got for the other side, we got crab mac and cheese versus crab bacon linguine. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. That puts us down to crab dip versus crab mac and cheese. Oh man. Um you can't really <laughs> go wrong. You can't go wrong. That's the good thing. I'm, go I'm glad I didn't throw Crab Imperial in here. Oh, man. Crab Imperial would have won. No. <laughs> no, I think, I think Dip is the clear winner. So I'm going to go Crab Dip. Crab Dip is the winner. There you go. We got the clear winner today, folks. I mean, you can always have Dip, but you have to be in the mood for the mac and cheese. Wow. Yeah, and the mac and cheese is a lot of flavor. The Crab Dip is a straight crab and maybe some Old Bay. Oh, oh. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's lunchtime, brother. It's lunchtime. <laughs> I got to make a run to Sheets. Do you, you, don't, you, oh, do you, Wawa. Do you have... Oh, no, we don't Wawa have Wawa here. here. We don't have Wawa. It's, it's, a sheets, it's a Sheets place. No Wawa. Loyal, loyal Wawa. I'm a Sheets freak. <laughs> That's a whole different <laughs> battle. Convenience store, oh, gas station and, type and there, and there's people around the country who don't even know what we're talking about. Oh yeah, but yeah, nah, Wawa, Wawa till the end. When it was when I was at Northern Illinois, I took we was playing Akron, and there was the sheets in Akron. And I said, "We're eating at Sheets," and the kids go, "What's the Sheets?" And it's like, "It's a gas station." They don't even know. And it's like, "Oh my, what? No, we're not eating lunch at a gas station." Oh, by the time we left Akron that day. Two of the three kids I had with me had sheets cards. Had signed up for sheets cards. I don't know if everyone went back, but I'm going to be ready. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, we get stuff coming in and be like, "Hey, I'm going to this school. I need something quick." Where you go? Our first time. Hey, you, you sure at Wawa get a sandwich? And they're like, "What is Wawa?" And I was like, "It's a gas station." But oh, <laughs> it's so much. Yeah, I... people who don't know Wawa, I'm I'm sorry. But 
I've been I've been you to the I've been, Atlantic. Yeah, I, I've been I've been to a Wawa. I know what you're talking about it, but it's not uh, you know sheets is sheets is close to home for me. So that's what it is. It is what it is. But I, res- Wawa, I respect it. Wawa is worth the visit when I get the chance to. I mean, I've been out I've been out to Delaware a few times. T- played Delaware State. Played Delaware in my in my long term here. By the way, best best time ever. Well, not really the best time ever, but. We played Delaware State. We played we played the Hornets the same weekend they had the NASCAR race in town. Oh, oh. See, see Delaware shut oh. down two weekends a three weekends a year. Oh. Both the NASCAR races and then the Firefly Music Festival. You just, just for people who don't understand Delaware, Delaware is what has ninety five which goes through like the northern part of Delaware. But to get yep. from top to bottom, there's two roads. There is Route 1, which you have to take at some point, and then you can break off a little bit. But Route 1 is a two-lane highway going from Wilmington, or around Middletown, I guess, right. all the way down to the beaches, and that's the only way to go north and south. So oh. when those when those things come, it's brutal. I can yeah. only imagine a football game there during Dover Downs yeah. weekend. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, they, they had a football game right across the street from the from – the, from Dover Downs, it was less like, oh, gee. I mean, fortunately, you know, we at least for the equipment people, we get there early enough before it really gets bad. But it was a it was a one o'clock kickoff, so so oh yeah, it was a there was heavy traffic. <laughs> Could you hear the racetrack during the game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's only a mile or two from I think from yeah, it, Field. yeah, it's not far. And then and then one thing I've never got to enjoy is the pumpkin junkin. Yeah, uh, that I don't know if they still do that. I know they canceled it a couple of years ago. Oh, but I mean, it for people who don't know, it's literally exactly what it sounds. People build catapults and chuck pumpkins as far as they can. I've seen it on TV, but I've never been there personally to witness it. But it, I'm sure it's a sight. <laughs> it, I'm sure I've never done it either. But from what I've seen and what I've heard people talk about it, it's a party. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But that's the way it goes, you know. Sometimes you get those things close by, you never do. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an hour away in Cleveland, and never since, never been there. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. People don't think of Delaware as having a lot to do, including me, who's lived in Delaware my entire life. But <laughs> there's there's so much, so many things I haven't done that Delaware is famous for. So, <laughs> yep, I hear you. It's right there. It's so easy to do. It's like, oh yeah, forget about that. I'll do it later. And then, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode of the issue window. Um, it was really great having a uh, have you on today, Pete. Thanks for having me again. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really learned. You know, really learned a lot about uniform design and is good hearing about your shoe collection that Alby's not the only one that has one it just happens <laughs> until uh, until next time I, I hope all the equipment managers listening uh, stay safe and stay sane and bye see you guys thanks see you Pete take care